When it comes to protecting your business, Bay Alarm brings the best, like being on duty 24-7, 365, no matter what. Putting burglars out of business, just like they've been doing for over 70 years. It's one more way Bay Alarm puts the pro in protection. Because if your security is not the best, you're not secure. Go to bayalarm.com slash KNBR for a special offer to all new business customers. Now, more than ever, Bay Alarm, ACO28CCL880138. Good morning, Northern California. Grab your juice and turn up the sports leader. Good juice. Now back to Murph and Mac live on FM, KNBR 104.5 FM and 680 AM. The sports leader. It's got to be the first time ever a guy from Brooklyn got a, uh, a George Strait Fort Worth <laughs> rejoin there, Copes. Thank you for that. Bonnie Joe. we can sing that later. That sounds good, I know. Uh, <laughs> sounds really good. Let's welcome on the UMA guest line a very dear friend, I'm going to go ahead and say the best writer uh, in Bay Area sports writing in the last 50 years. His book, Gloves Off, proves it, and uh, everybody should get it. Father's Day's coming up, don't you know? It's called Gloves Off, 40 Years of Unfiltered Sports Writing. The name is Lowell Cohn, of course. Lowell's been on the show before, and Lowell is living over in the Oakland Hills, and I called him up yesterday and said, Lowell, I want to talk to you about Kaepernick, and Lowell said, okay, let's do it. So, yeah. Lowell. Good morning, and welcome back. It's me Lowell. and Paulie and Bonnie Jill. How you doing? What's going on? Hi, everybody. Hello. It's great to be on the radio with you. How you doing this morning, Lowell? You good? <laughs> it's a little early for me, but I'm drinking coffee and looking out the window, which is basically what I do these days. I look out the window because I don't go out of the house. Yeah, and for, before we get into all the heavy stuff, that is crazy. Can you imagine being a columnist right now and trying to write oh. columns? I know. Uh, I have to tell you, I have nightmares about it. And I'm not even a columnist anymore. In my uh, dreams or my nightmares, I tell my wife I don't have a topic. And then I wake up and I think, thank God that Osler and Killian have to do it and not me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, By the way, Lowell, this is a case where, and this is an inside joke for you and me, but anybody who's read the book, this is a time where the Lord is not providing, right? The Lord is not providing. There is, you know, any little scrap of a topic, if I were writing, I would overblow it so much and be embarrassed. (laughs) <laughs> well, here's a topic then. That's a perfect transition because you would be writing about the NFL and the Black Lives Matter movement and the and the rise of the Colin Kaepernick name. And um, just for some background, um, you know, I went back and read your chapter because you were, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want you to speak for yourself. But you wrote a strong chapter about Colin Kaepernick. Um, let's start, before we get into 2020, let's start by reflecting on what you wrote about him in your book and you know maybe transmit to the listeners what you wanted to say in that chapter okay uh, let me do um just a context first what happened to poor george floyd in minneapolis was horrible and what's happening is we're all aware very much again of black lives matter and of injustices with the police toward people of color so i give Colin Kaepernick, tremendous credit for making us think about that in 2016. Um, he took a risk. It didn't, in terms of his career, it didn't work out, and he showed courage for all of that. Having said that, I covered him, and I don't like him. So that's, a, let's call it um, my working hypothesis. So people listening should take the things I say about him that are critical with a grain of salt and say, maybe Lowell doesn't like the guy and we should 
draw our, our own conclusions. This is a case where I like his message, but I don't like the messenger. And let me give you um, let me give you just one example of why. Aside from the fact that he treated media the worst of any athlete I've ever been around, and that includes Barry Bonds, he was worse. He treated us like we were pigs. He sneered at us. He was condescending to us. This is a man who was talking about the rights of people in general, but when it came to people in particular, people in a locker room who were just trying to do a job, he couldn't have been more rude and off-putting. Okay. Now let me get into just one detail. When it was 2016, that was when we had an election, was a presidential election. He refused to vote. And he went on and on and on in the locker room of why he refused to vote. And he said things like, you can't vote out the oppressor. Paulie and Murph, I taught freshman English at Stanford in the 60s, and that was the same junk I heard then, that you can't vote out the oppressor. Does that mean that we should have armed revolution? I don't even know what it means. In addition, on that ballot, there was in California a measure about the death penalty. This affects African-American men greatly because they're overrepresented in death penalty decisions. Well, Kaepernick could have voted for that, but he was either ignorant or casual about it. And I want to make one other point because I know I'm lecturing and African-Americans have died for the right to vote. That has a bedrock issue for African-American people. He blew it off. I didn't respect him for that. So I respect his message about police brutality and about Black Lives Matter. God, I do. But I feel he's a very flawed messenger. Do you think, we're talking to Lowell Cohn, of course, longtime Bay Area columnist with the Santa Rosa Press Democrats, San Francisco Chronicle, on and on. And the new book is called Gloves Off. All sorts of great stories about sports, life, all that stuff. And Kaepernick is one of the chapters. And um, because, you know, you lived through the 60s. You saw Muhammad Ali and other activists um, make their message. How does Kaepernick to you differ? I mean, I know it's not apples to apples, different eras, different times, et cetera. But is there, is there a measurement in which he comes up short against some of the other guys you've seen, Arthur Ashe or whoever in the past? Let me, let's do one-to-one with, with him and Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali um, protested the Vietnam War, and then he was banned from, from boxing. He had had a, one great fight, and then he was out for like three and a half years. Um, <clears throat> there's a difference. He went out. He was the greatest fighter in the world at that time. Kaepernick was not the greatest quarterback in the world when he went out. Let's do history. He had lost his starting job to Blaine Gabbert. He was now just the backup quarterback. He eventually would get it back, but when this all happened, he was the backup. He wasn't even playing. How I look at it, and again, it's how Lowell looks at it. People, please look at it your own way. He was crushed because one of the things that he wanted was to be famous. So he was no longer a starting quarterback. He was no longer famous. But now he had an issue. And he became not only famous on the 49ers, but the most famous athlete in in the world at that point. I actually, at the time, felt that his motivation was shallow. 
Again, he did very many good things, but I thought his motivation was shallow. And I thought what he wanted was to be famous again um, because he had lost his job. That's a whole different thing from Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali lost his career as the greatest. Kaepernick wasn't the greatest. And in his last year, I felt as a quarterback, especially as a throwing quarterback, it's it's a passing league that his passing had deteriorated because I never felt he had the fire to be a great quarterback like Steve Young, who had been a running quarterback. Bill Walsh told him, you want to be on my team, you have to learn to pass. And he did. I never saw that in Kaepernick. Yeah, good stuff. Lowell Cohn uh, analyzing some, you know, some so some some clear-eyed thinking here about Kaepernick. And the funny thing is, Lowell, is that sort of um, who is it? I'm going to try to get high, reach into my English major here. Some men are born great; others achieve greatness. Some achieve or, greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. That's from that's Twelfth it. Night. Thank you very much. Is maybe Kaepernick in the last category, having it thrust upon him? I mean, I'm not trying to diminish his movement because he did sacrifice his career, but it's almost like. Or you could look at it a different way, that he was ahead of his time. I don't know. I, think he, I guess the question now is about 2020 and your views on him back then versus now. Okay. Is he vindicated? Is he – Is he? Um, does he – I don't know. You're, what do you think about him? Now that I – when I called you and we talk about him in today's day and age, are you think – do you rethink your thoughts? Sure. Um, that's a that's the key question. I do think he is vindicated. I think that what he was making us think about and 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 the African-American players who kneeled, what they made us think about in 2016, unfortunately, has come true. So I think, yes, he's vindicated. I think that um, I hope that he's grown into his message. I haven't talked to him in three years. I hope that he's grown into a lovely young man who is mature and understands his message and represents it really well. I do think he is vindicated, and I want to go – I give him all the credit. I do. I give him all the credit for seeing what's happening now and for – I was going to say standing up for it, uh, ironically, for kneeling for it, and for risking his career, yes. Yeah, and I wonder now, do you think, if, if you were writing columns today, Lowell, I'm talking to Lowell Cohn here, um, would you say that the NFL should hire him, uh, both for playing reasons and for um, symbolic reasons? Okay, that's a tough question. And so bear with me, Murph. Yeah. You, I can't say the NFL should hire him. Are we, we're talking about a job as a quarterback. Yes. It would be teams. It's, the NFL really wants him in the league. It's, it would be good for the NFL. I think I've been told Goodell has talked to a lot of teams to, to give him a job, and they arranged a workout, which Kaepernick screwed up, but they arranged a workout for him. The, it would be really good for the league, but the teams don't seem to want him. Um, the, the Niners, a very progressive organization, they haven't. They have other quarterbacks. They don't want him. Seattle progressive, they don't want him. And the league can't make teams want him. Should a team draft him? Well, well I, I can't say draft, sign. Should a team uh, sign him yeah. if they think he'd be a good quarterback? It's now a business decision. He certainly could no longer be a starter in the league. So he would be symbolic. I don't know that he's that good. 
after three years away, he's not Muhammad Ali. He was never Joe Montana or Steve Young. I don't know that. Maybe the league could hire him as an ombudsman or something like that to to go around team to team and talk about issues of prejudice, of police violence, of lack of, I'm going to say lack of black coaches and executives. Maybe that the league could hire him for. And I, I think Kaepernick, by the way, is quite an intelligent young man. I think he would be good at that. But ordering a team to bring him on as a quarterback is a lot to ask. There's only one team in the league that uses a a running quarterback primarily, and that's Baltimore. And they're doing very well with it, but they're not in the mainstream. I don't know that he would fit into other teams all that well. He had a problem in Baltimore when they were going to get him a tryout, and his his girlfriend said that the owner is a slave slave owner, and that that killed off that... that, uh... That tryout, so that was a bit of a problem. And also posted, a, like a, a picture of that, yeah, yeah. Of, of of the owner as a, a slave owner, and you know that's between Kaepernick and his girlfriend. But if you want a job in the league, I don't think that's what you want to do. Yeah, there is a point in life where I mean, I am all for fighting the system, and I, I wish I was an Irish rebel in 1916 and all that stuff. But there's a point where when you're looking to put money on the food on the table, you have to sort of play the game. And and telling a guy who's about to hire you that he's a slave owner isn't really playing the game. So that was, that was, you have to it's pay the consequences at that point. It, it's spitting in his eye. And I will yeah. point one other thing out, and this is all history. People can look it up. Kaepernick took a settlement from the league. There was a settlement. He split right. $10 million with Eric Reed. Right, right. I don't know how much Kaepernick got of that. Uh, it's, it's Murph, it's never been disclosed. But he got many millions of dollars from the league. Well, it's one thing to say, um, I'll take the settlement, but the league really sucks anyway. It, you, I don't know that you can have it both ways. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, this is almost counterproductive to end it like this, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's just in my head. Um, and going back to 2016, because we ended it in 2020. But I wondered why Kaepernick was like that at that time. He, he, he was so, and we experienced it, you know, and it got me into a little thing with Harbaugh, too, on the, sh- on the radio. And I wonder, do you ever, do you ever, ever know, do you ever find out from anybody, you were friendly with Harbaugh, uh, or why was Kaepernick, you called it those dead mackerel eyes in your book. Oh, my God, yeah. Why was he so... Um, was it because he viewed the the media as a predominantly white instrument of the system? Is that it? You know, Murph, I don't know the answer. The easy answer would be that uh, Jim Harbaugh encouraged him to be that way. Okay, that's the easy answer. Except that Harbaugh, on his good days, was phenomenal with the media. And he had about four or five different personalities, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, he did. He did. But yeah, on his yeah. good days, he was as he was great. So I. You know, I wish I knew the answer to that. And if I were around Colin Kaepernick now, I would ask him that. Um, I I would. And I don't know if he would answer or if if he has any self-insight. All I know is when he treated us that way, it used to infuriate me. I'll tell you one thing because I know probably we're beginning to run out of time. He would meet the media on Wednesdays. They had a place on the field set up for him. He wouldn't do what he wanted to do it in the locker room, which inconvenienced all of his teammates. He would stand at a certain place in the locker room and all the poor cameramen who had not written anything about him would bring their tripods and their cameras and set up. And you know how they jostle and hit each other to get space so they could 
see the person they're filming. He would say, oh, I don't like it here. Let's move over there. Then they'd have to move again. Then he'd say, oh, I don't like it here. Let's move over there. And he was belittling these poor men and women who were working so hard and sweating and worrying. You know, I didn't think that was a very nice way to act. So, again, I 100% endorse his method. I'm sorry, his message. But I don't endorse the method he used day to day with real people. Yeah, it's interesting stuff, and I just wanted to talk to you about it. I'm glad you spent some time and shared some time, and I appreciate you. Um, I know it's not the easiest thing to talk about, but you wrote it in the book, and you and you backed it up here. You know, it's interesting just getting back to that part, because I could see one theory where sort of the, the Malcolm X theory of like, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not here to be nice to you. I'm here to tell you the pain and suffering that we're in, and, and I'm not going to feed the white media beast that way. I can understand that as maybe that's, some, maybe that's the reason. That's kind of a radical answer, but maybe that is the reason why. Um, but I was thinking about the guys who didn't, because Ali didn't, and I'm not, again, I'm not telling anybody how to act. I'm just analyzing from afar how Ali went about it, how Arthur Ashe went about it, how even our friend Harry Edwards, who's a lot, you know, do, talking even today, I, they treated the white media beast a little differently. They sort of got them, used them to get the message out. And that's a, just one way to go, you know? I don't know if that's too scattered of a thought. I would mode. say that's the mature way to go. And maybe Colin would do that now. Maybe he was just a little too young at that point. But, of course, you use the media, and we are there to be used. Yeah, he could use it to his advantage. Yeah, Absolutely. It would have helped helped him get out his message, I believe. But he certainly did get get out his message anyway. And in that regard, he was forward-thinking and did a very good job. As you said. Good stuff, Lowell. Uh, I I miss you, buddy. I just want to talk to you every day. (laughs) <laughs> I miss you. I miss you, Paulie. Take care. Good to hear you, Lowell. Thanks, man. Take care. Hug to Don. Lowell Cohn on the UMA guest line on KMBR 104.5 and 680, the sports leader. You're listening to Murph and Mac, available now on your Google Home smart speaker. This is KNBR 104.5 and 680, the sports leader. Bayalarm knows now more than ever it's essential to have the right protection for your business. So let Bayalarm keep an eye on your business when you can't with a professionally monitored security system. Their expert monitoring agents are on duty 24-7, ready to send the authorities at a moment's notice. Visit bayalarm.com slash KNBR and take care of business today so you are ready to hit the ground running tomorrow. Now, more than ever, Bayalarm. ACO 28CCL8AO138.